there we go, ladies and gents. I even forgot my boom, but boom, there it is. You a solo entrepreneur trying to become a business owner, get some employees, but you're afraid of being a leader? This episode's for you. So let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It could be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! All right, ladies and gents, let's do this. Business isn't all about money and mindset. The businesses that really take off have systems and processes in place. And with leadership that can manage those systems and the people operating those systems. That's what we call business operations. And although it isn't the sexiest part of a business, it's usually the thing that determines a business's success or failure. Today's guest has been helping organizations with her direct framework to implement massive changes and improve their people and processes. I'm excited to learn more about this direct approach and how she's moving people from solo boss to genuine leader. Let's welcome to the show, Gina All right, Gina, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be a fun one, ladies and gents. All right, Gina, I, I got to ask. I, I, I mean, I read your bio, but everybody else hasn't. Uh, how'd you get into this space? Business organization and systems, they're not sexy. It's not fun usually when you're doing it, but the rewards are so amazing if you do them right. How'd you end up here? Um, wow. I think I was just born to love operations because I think it's fun. Like it's my most favorite thing to do is to take something that, you know, you're not sure how it's going to work, put all the right process in place, get the people to do what you want them to do. And I mean, there's no better magic than that. Right. So for me, this is absolute blast. I love it. But for most people, it is torture. Yeah, you and my brother have the same type of vibe. Like he's the systems guy. Like it, it, you know, I'm I'm that entrepreneurial visionary, right? So I'm like, dude, we should do this. And he's like, okay. And so he starts thinking A, B, C, D. Yep. What's the next couple steps, right? And then of course, people like me come around the corner and like, that's cool, that's cool. Let's do this. And he looks at me like, dude, I just set up this entire system. Now you want to change it on me? But that's yep. what he lives for. Like, that's what he loves to do. Anytime yep. he gets approached about any business opportunity or anything, he automatically dives into the processes that are in place because he knows that McDonald's, for example, the only reason why it's as successful as it is is because of the systems that it has in place. Yeah. But Okay, so let's start with, with creating the systems. When you talk to a business owner, what are some of those things, you know, systems and processes are, are those nice little shiny words that people can say. But when you talk to an entrepreneur, what does that even really mean? What systems, what processes? Yeah. So every time I say the word systems, people automatically think it's like a computer behind it, like some sort of software, some sort of technology. Um, I'm going to say this. If you think that's what a system is, then what you could potentially be setting yourself up for is to set up uh, bad processes, but make them go a lot faster. 
because mm. until you really understand what the structure is of how the process is going to flow, how the people are actually going to do the work, if you put technology in first, oh, you're looking at a train wreck. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. They're like, well, we put this system in. It was supposed to make everything better, but nobody uses it. They don't use it the right way. It doesn't really accomplish things. It's because we didn't start with what's the flow of the actual work itself. And then does it make sense to the people doing it? Because we also think a lot like systems, we can eliminate people, but I'm going to tell you, you still have to have people that operate whatever it is you're putting in place. We're not with AI yet. It cannot do it yet. So. There's no iRobots, right? The Will Smith movie. It's not there. We're, <laughs> we're getting there. It's what? closer and closer every day, but we're not there yet. Boy, um, not there yet. I got a business partner who is fantastic when it comes to the insurance space i mean you know 30 years in the business like you know any question i have he's got the answer right but the problem we've had uh when we when we partnered up was how do i grab all this amazing knowledge that is at the end of you know right there at the end of their tongue right at their brain cell how do we extract that and systematize it like what is what is some what is some of the processes and procedures that a solopreneur can do to start beginning to develop these processes to become a better leader oh my gosh that is such a great question um i always tell people i need to get it out of your head and onto paper whatever that means it doesn't have to be physical paper but even if you just type up the steps whatever it is you're doing in a Word document and whatever document you use, even if you just put it on a video and you talk through it, whatever mode that you're comfortable doing, two things. One, it gets it out of your head and in a place where other people can start to learn what you do. But guess what? It also gets it out of your head to give you space, that entrepreneur space to put more into it, to think more, to do something else because so often, where I see so many entrepreneurs, especially founders that, that are starting to grow and scale, which is that that's who I work with. They're like, I can't handle all this anymore. My head is going to explode. There's too much. There's too much work. I got too many thoughts. I can't even, I don't even know where I'm coming from. I can't keep it all straight. So um, I love to start with them and say, okay, well, let's get all of that out so we can get it on paper so we can start then understanding how you would do the thing because how they do the thing is not necessarily how another person can do it mm. so we have to pull all that out and then we have to work to craft it so somebody else the employees that they have the team members they're going to bring on can actually reproduce in their own way what the founders entrepreneurs solos were doing on their own well, let's talk a little bit about that because that is a hard step. When you're a solopreneur and you've been doing it for a while, your way with your results in your style, and then you have the, uh, let's just say, the guspa to bring somebody on, you got to kind of realize that the people you bring on are never going to work as hard as you. They don't care as much as you, and they're not going to get the same results as you. When you start to put these processes in place and you're dealing with the solopreneur who's been doing it their way for so long, what are some of those hiccups they come across and what do they got to let go of? Oh my gosh. The first thing they have to be willing to do is let go of uh, control, which is very challenging for many founders and solos because um, they've hit the success level 
that they're, that they're at by doing it a certain way. But that certain way is not necessarily the way that's going to take them to the next level because they, like you said, they can't do it all by themselves, right? But even if you were good at doing it yourself, it doesn't mean that same model is going to work when you continue to grow and get bigger. Things, you know, corporations organize themselves a certain way because the processes won't work the same at a business that is, you know, uh, $500,000 a million to 2 million plus, 3 mm -hmm. million plus, 5 million plus. There's different stages. In each stage, the processes have to change. So um, first, they have to be willing to let go of that control and let go of people have to do it exactly the way they did it. Because there are multiple ways to accomplish the same thing to get to the same result, right? Um, so, and that's the hardest thing I have to work with them on anytime I work with founders. Like, your way is not necessarily the only way to do it. What if mm -hmm. your way is not even the most effective or efficient way? What if there's a different way? So I really work with them to try to first relinquish that control and relinquish they're the only ones that can do it because there is this sort of, that it's their baby. They've, they've yep. gotten that far, right? And they're like, oh, I don't want to let my baby go. And it's like, oh, how much do you really want to grow? Because if you don't want to let the baby go, you're not going to grow. It's just the way it is. It's also that feeling of uh, my name is on the sign there. So yeah. if something goes wrong, that's me who's getting that that last how. But that's kind of the role of a CEO. That's the role of a leader, right? The buck stops with you. At the end of the day, it's your fault, regardless of whether you did it or not. That's so let's it. talk about allowing mistakes, right? You you mentioned that they got to relinquish relinquish control. Um, okay, that seems simple enough to let somebody do the work. But I think the hardest part in that space is when you allow somebody to solve a problem their way and they don't, they make a mistake along the way. And this is where I think a lot of uh, solopreneurs kind of pull back instead of using that as, as one of those things where you can learn from just like they did when they were starting off to teach that person how to, to rectify this mistake or to do it better or to, to follow the process. They use it as a, as a moment in time where they're like, see, it didn't work. This is why I have to do the job and they go yeah. backwards. How do you help oh them God. work through that? You know, my employee made a mistake feeling. Yeah. So the first thing I, one of my mantras that I learned when I was leading large organizations at a very young age was that I had to get over the natural inclination that anytime there's a mistake, it's a people problem. Um, I had to learn that if there is a mistake, the first time I need to go back and look at the process because the first time something doesn't work, it tells me that perhaps the process, something in the steps was missing. We, you know, over, we over assumed, I see that a lot, like where we think we communicated something properly. We think we trained somebody properly, but people are people. They have to hear things differently. They have to learn things differently. And so perhaps the process didn't work for them. So maybe we have to tweak the process a little bit. I work really hard with owners to teach them. I know you want to say this is a bad employee and the person did bad, but I need you to understand the first place we have to look is at the process. So then I'll take that solo, you know, that entrepreneur founder and walk them back through, okay? And the person that did the thing and say, okay, help us understand. What did you do? What did this? What does this step mean to you? What did you think you were supposed to do here? 
What caused you not to be able to do it in this order? And it's amazing when you give the people the space to tell you like what happened and they don't feel like, oh, you made a, you know, you did something bad, you made a mistake. They're like, well, I couldn't do it because of this. They'll tell you the problem every time. You just have to give them the space to tell you what the problem was. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little weird because it's not a blame game at this point, right? They're they're and, and the other side is the employee's not really trying to pass the buck. They're literally no. telling you, I, I couldn't do it, and here's the reason why. And mm-hmm. what you're discussing, by the way, what you're talking about. These are standard operating procedures, right? I love how my brother explained it to me. He's like, in the Navy, all the all the SOPs have been written in blood. In other words, yep. they're only there because somebody made a mistake. Somebody got hurt. And he said, in the Navy, they train him to read a step, do a step. Read yep. a step, do a step. But what you're describing here, these mistakes that happen, they happen because the steps haven't been written out in a flawless way yet. The only way that works is to write the steps in blood. But luckily for us in business, you don't actually have to you know, bleed, but it will cost some dollars and some time. That's the blood yeah. that you have to kind of give up. But that yeah. testing process of, well, let's work through it. Let's figure out what worked well. How can we improve? That's how those processes are being built. So as a leader going from solo to solo uh, entrepreneur to boss leader, like what makes a, a what makes a leader a good leader versus a boss? Oh my goodness. So I wrote this article back when I published my book five, well, probably seven years ago now, that was talking about seven ways to go from boss to leader. The distinction to me in a boss and a leader is a boss wants to thinks that they can manage people and control the situation and tell people to do what they want them to do exactly the way they want to do it. Um, A leader to me says, uh, it's my responsibility for me to get you to help me be successful. In other words, if I can make you successful and draw out of you how you can make this successful, then I am actually a leader. And by the way, uh, I've learned over time when I was the boss, I was the one that was ending up doing all the work because I mm-hmm. back to what we said, right? If you think it, oftentimes people go from solo to boss thinking, oh, I'm in control. I still think need things done my way, but they don't realize that if you're going to continue to be in that, then you're just a boss. You're just a solopreneur that now has a title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you now have some people working for you because as a leader, um you have got to draw out like you've got to really assess who's the right person to do this job um if you have a small group of employees which a lot of people do then you really have to work to discern what tasks are the best for the people that i have here you have to motivate well let me back up if you really want to be a leader you have to love people in other words you have to be prepared to know that you're going to be dealing with people. If you don't want to do that, please just stay a solopreneur because you're mm. making your life miserable and the people's life miserable. Um, so Very you true. really, Very uh, true. you really have to remember like these people are people and you have to be willing to grow and to learn with them. Um, instead of just being like that slave driver, you know, you're going to get it done. And why don't you do it the way I do it? And, you know, you're not as good as I am. Just let me do it, which is what I find very often when I work with people moving from solo because they move from solo to the boss. I got control and they don't recognize that all they did was just kind of elevate themselves a little bit, but they haven't really changed anything 
about the way they're operating. Yeah, that's uh, well, there's two extremes, I think, that that end up there for the boss. One is they go from solo to boss and then retract back to solo. The other one is when they abdicate, like they they literally abdicate their throne, right? So they bring somebody on thinking that this person is going to do everything that they were doing at the level that they were doing it. And then they go and have Mai Tais on the beach, right? And they think they can walk away from the entire thing and it's going to function the way they was functioning before. So abdicating is definitely uh, uh, the other side of that extreme. How do you deal with that? Oh, okay. So I have had several of my clients that did that. They're like, oh, great. You're going to come in and you're going to take care of all this and you're going to get the people to run everything and I'm going to pull back. And I'm like, all right, you can do that. But I'm going to tell you, there still has to be somebody here, the presence of that CEO, that founder, if you want your vision to continue. Mm. Um, and so I've, I've actually, one of my clients I'm working with right now, they, they did that. They were like, oh, we hired all these people and we were told that we couldn't micromanage. So we just turned it over to everybody. But guess what? When you turn it over to everybody and you're not giving that oversight, you're not giving that um, strategic direction, the team members were doing a job, but their vision got lost. The purpose behind what they were trying to deliver got lost in the delivery. So I've had to like bring them back in to say, whoa, hang tight. Like, yes, you want to, to delegate and empower, but it doesn't mean you get to walk away. Mm-hmm. Like you still are here to continue that vision. You're still here to set the strategy. You're still here to be the person when there's conflicting priorities to make the final decision. Like you still have to be here involved if you are going to grow this business. Now, if you want to walk away from it, then sell it. Don't, don't just walk away and then expect it to run on its own. And then you get mad when it doesn't. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's where all the mistakes happen. That's where it really spirals out of control and you didn't even know what happened. Then you got to come back and put out fires and you don't even know where they started. It's a mess. Now, earlier you said uh, that being a boss, you you really got to love people to be in this space and that oftentimes they, when something does go wrong, they blame it and make it a people problem versus a process problem. So the other side of entrepreneurship, especially with with, uh, employers is, hire and fire, make these moves as quick as possible, right? So hire quick or take your while, take a while to hire the right person. But if it's not working out, fire quickly. How do we distinguish between a people problem and a process problem? Yeah, that's a great question. I give it the three, three, uh, three mistake window, right? So the first time It's a process problem. We're going to evaluate the process. We're going to correct the process. We're going to make sure you're trained. We're going to make sure we have agreement. We're going to give you another try. You do the same mistake again the second time. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation to say, wait, one more time. Did I miscommunicate something? Like, is something still not clear? And then the third time, hmm, time to say this isn't working out. Right. Because at that point, you've, you know, you really tweaked the process. You've given that team member the opportunity to shape, reshape what they're doing, um, really get back involved in the solution. They do it again in the same mistake, then it's time. And, and, you know, I've seen so many, gosh, so many entrepreneurs feel so bad about letting people go, especially those that have been with them for a while. Because here's the other thing I find that's very common. 
when companies start growing, they've had that core group of people, like their first hires, the first four or five people that they hired, they think they're supposed to be loyal to them. But, and which is great, that's very admirable. But when you start growing, what those people could do is they can't, they can't handle that growth, most of them. I, I, every single client I've had, they probably have uh, let go of almost every single person they started with, which is really scary. But it's because they, were, they weren't capable of, they were continuing, they were making mistakes, right? They were making mistakes because as the company grew, they couldn't grow with it. So we had to let them go. Um, so it's the three, it's the three mistake kind of thing. And you haven't changed at all. Like you haven't seen any sort of progress in your activity. That's when it's time to cut the cord. And make sure you document, you document, and you oh. document, you document, right? I mean, that's part of the process and procedures, <laughs> but if you're going to be, if you're going to be, I mean, this is where it happens, right? That you give them a shot. It didn't work out. You document it. You make some adjustments. You give them another shot. You document the third time. It's like, Low, dude, look, dude, we tried. We made yep. a couple adjustments. It didn't work out. We're going to have to let you go. I like a uh, money ball. Have you ever watched that movie with the Brad Pitt? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a scene in that one where he's, he's training uh, Seth's character to go and fire one of the athletes. Right. And so they do this yeah. little role play and Seth's like, like, you know, Hey, uh, I got a family. What are you going to do? He's like, well, I'm sure there's good schools. He's like, Hey man, look, they're professionals. Just cut to the chase when you have to let somebody go. This is what happened. It's not working out. Pick up your check uh, on this spot. And call it a day. I know there's emotions, but sometimes it's got to be just quick and to the point. Yes. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Gina. I'm a, I, I teach a high school course called Financial Algebra. I got 17-year-old high school students that are building businesses in the classroom. So they're doing social media management. They're doing affiliate marketing. And they're doing print-on-demand companies. Um, and I'm running it as their – I'm the CEO, but really I'm guiding them. And I'm trying to get them in a position where they're able to make some mistakes because the action that they're taking in making the mistakes will open the door to the processes that we need to fix, right? Yep. Uh, you have any advice for me dealing with younger kids, newer entrepreneurs to help guide them into action versus staying in that paralysis of analysis, waiting oh for something to happen to, to solve all the problems before they actually take action? You got any advice for me on that? Oh my goodness. 17-year-olds and adults, <laughs> both, <laughs> because whatever... Whatever I'm going to say here, I'm telling the people that work uh, in any of the clients that I have. Um, people, I find this very often, people are afraid to move forward unless they know, unless they feel comfortable and confident with it, right? Um, and I have to remind uh, particularly 17-year-olds uh, and adults, <laughs> um, you're, you can sit and spin all you want, but until we try it, we're not going to know if it works or it doesn't work. So just take that first step. What's the smallest step that you're comfortable taking? What is it? And let's do that one, right? And then we'll evaluate that one and see how you felt about that. And then we'll take the next step. So what I tell everybody is if, if, if continuing to design the strategy is no longer an option, what's the first thing you would do? Just mm -hmm. what's the first thing you would do? And we're going to do it. Let's just do it. What are we waiting for? Nike. Exactly. We're just we're just going to do it. And it, it's funny because this first week they set their first uh, couple goals, right? And they're at the very beginning of launching this business that a lot of them don't really know what is affiliate marketing, what is print on demand. And so my assignment to them was hop on TikTok, which is amazing for a teacher to say, right? Hop on yeah. TikTok. And I want you to look up 
just go in the search and look up. If you're in affiliate marketing, look up affiliate marketers, look up print on demand, look at the people who are already doing things in this space. And then I want you to populate as many ideas of the things that you need to do in your business. All of them. I don't care if they're at the end of the story or at the beginning of the story, list them all. And then we'll say, which one do we got to do first? And that's kind of, that's kind of the approach I took with them. What do you think? That's perfect. That's perfect. Get it all out, put it in what you think is the right one, and then we'll decide if that's the right one or not. And sometimes you got to go, even if you know it's not the right one, let them try it. It's okay. It's okay to make the mistakes, right? I mean, the the mistake is actually where we get better. And, and, And this is one of those hardest things that everybody's waiting for that perfect moment, but there's no such thing as the perfect moment. You have to just go. Like you have to just do Gina, I want to make sure I get enough time to to let people know, you know, what it is that you're doing and how you're helping people get to that solo, uh, solo well, transfer from solo to boss. So let people know what is it that you actually get paid to do. What are people hiring oh you for? Goodness. People hire me. Uh, it's interesting. This is a great question because people hire me and they don't really know why they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> like they just know they don't know what to do. They don't know how to take their business to that next. Like they're growing, they've got enough sales, they've got enough marketing, they got all that stuff, but now their service or now whatever they're trying to deliver is stuck and they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to take it and make it um, with, without just throwing bodies at it. They don't know how to make it where it's repeatable and scalable. And so they come to me and they're like, we know we need to grow our like service business or our operations business. We don't know what that means and we have no idea what to do. So and we've tried and we failed miserably. So we, we don't know what you, we don't know what we want, but we want you to come in and look at it. So I usually start in and just do an assessment because half the time the problem that they think um, they have is not the one that's really causing them not to be able to move forward, right? So I usually start just with an assessment. Um, but, but everybody that's come in um, that's asked for me to help them and work with them, they're just like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do it all. Can you come in and tell me how I can make this business run so I can focus on the things that I want to focus on and not just the day-to-day stuff. Like they know they need some sort of process system infrastructure, but they don't know what to do. They just don't Mm -hmm. know what to do. That's the scary part, right? I've plateaued. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing. I love when, when, one of the sayings that I heard uh, Billy Jean is marketing say, he's like, He's like, are, have you been in business for five years? Like, or have you just been repeating the same year of business five times? Like uh, at some yeah. point you need to grow rather than stay stagnant in this one spot. And I think that's the reality that people come to. And they're like, Gina, help, help yeah. me go to that next level. I do not want to have another groundhog day year. Help no. me get to that next spot. So if yeah. people do find themselves in that situation, in that plateau, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so the best thing to do, um, I prefer LinkedIn, so you can message me on LinkedIn. Um, all of my information is on my website. I mean, you can, I, I like I like to talk to people. So my, my number, my cell phone number is on the website. You can email me, like it's me. I love people. I will work with you uh, and, you know, talk to you. I'll, I'll talk to you and, hey, I'm not a salesperson. So if it's not a good fit for either one of us, no harm, no foul. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, I, it's my, my, I'm here to just add value. I love to help companies and founders grow. I like to help them uh, be organized to scale. Um, and I teach them leadership along the way. So, Well, that's what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, look, 
a conversation can go a long way. I've, I've recorded over a thousand episodes, over 750 entrepreneurs that I've talked to. And let me tell you, every time I have a conversation, a little light bulb goes off. There's a new opportunity that's presented. There's a different way that I can approach a problem in my life. And it starts with a conversation. So if you're feeling that plateau, then I suggest you go over to GinaFolk.com. GinaFolk.com. Have a conversation with her. Again, Every time you're going to work with somebody, you got to kind of fill them out, see if they're a good fit. But at the very least, you're going to be able to talk about your business. Somebody else is going to have a perspective that you don't have because they're not inside your business. And that's a great place to start. So go to GinaFolk.com, schedule your appointment or give her a call. It's one of those people who actually like to pick up the phone and have a conversation <laughs> with, or we can do it on a Zoom. That works too. GinaFolk.com. Make sure you guys check it out. Gina. I got uh, another question for you, and this one's a, a little selfish. Um, I told you at the beginning that we were going to talk about your business in the best light possible with the most energy possible, and we love video testimonials. What was your experience like on the Business Bros? Oh, my gracious. This has been amazing. Um, I just love the interplay. I like to have – I mean, this is not a – you said it's going to be my show, but I like that interaction. I love the fact that you were present, you were asking questions, you were – you know, making me think at the same time, which was just beautiful. It's amazing. Good. I'm glad. How are you, uh, how are you getting customers right now? I'm, I'm curious. I always ask entrepreneurs, what's their customer acquisition strategy? Yeah. So up to now, it's all been word of mouth. Um, because I'm now hearing from these founders, gosh, we, we, we love this. And you are so valuable to us. I'm like, oh, whoa, how do I scale myself? Huh, it's just me. <laughs> so I'm in the process of upping my visibility with podcasts and things like that. Um, just getting it out there to see, um, you know, what the need is and to really connect with those founders to find out how I can best serve them. So uh, I'm, I'm in the process of rebranding myself. So there'll be a whole new world coming out <laughs> of, of hearing from me. But one of the things I really want to do is as I talk to more founders and entrepreneurs, and do more podcasts is to really start putting out, um, you know, more videos about what can you do, how can you scale, just really be that resource. So if they can't get me, uh, they they can at least have some sort of resource. And that's what it takes, ladies and gents. You gotta have content. Unfortunately, that's the name of the game because we all pull out our cell phone. Doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store. And you shouldn't be doing it when you're driving, but I know you guys do it when you're driving at all times. You're busting out that cell phone. This is where the eyes and the attention are at. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're not creating content, you're shooting yourself in the foot. you got to be creating content. So if you need help starting a podcast, make sure you guys visit us, businessbros.biz. We can also help you post on your social media every single day. That's exactly what we do. But if you're feeling like your business is plateaued, it's probably because nobody knows you exist. So you got to create content and or you need to reach out to Gina, ginafolk.com. Make sure you guys reach out, have that conversation and let's get your business operating smoothly. Yeah. So you can take a little bit more vacation maybe, but I'll never ad abdicate, that <laughs> abdicate, abdicate that throne. Man, it's yeah. hard to say for me today for some reason. All right, Gina. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys again, manana. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.